Welcome to the Change Lives, Changing Lives podcast, a ministry of Locust Hill Baptist Church in Travelers Rest, South Carolina. My name is Michael Hodge, Senior Pastor at Locust Hill. At Locust Hill, we celebrate the change that God alone could bring in our lives, and we also recognize the calling to share that good news with others. Lives changed by Christ, changing lives by Christ. We welcome you to this podcast where we want to equip you to live in the reality of a life changed by Christ. Disciple making is at the core of a church's calling, and we want to take advantage of every resource we can to encourage you today. We invite you to join us for a service Sundays at 10.15 a.m., Wednesdays 6.30 p.m. Our church is located at 5534 Locust Hill Road in Travelers Rest, South Carolina. Our website is locusthillchurch.org. Thank you for joining us today. Let us know how we can encourage you. All right, welcome to episode two of our brand new Change Lives, Changing Lives podcast. This is episode two, which means you are one, either joining us for the second time or you skipped the first episode because you were so eager to get to this one. So either way, we want to say a huge thanks for everybody that's joining us. You might have been able to tell from episode one if you were a trained listener that we're new at this. Now, I mean, I don't know that it was that obvious, <laughs> but let's just say, hey, we're learning as we go. If it goes really well, we get our church family and friends to join us on this journey through Gentle and Lowly. If it goes really poorly, I still know that my mom is going to listen. Hi, mom. <laughs> so here we are. I'll shuffle a little bit of who's here this morning. So I'll let everybody just say, hey, so going around the table here. So give us your name. Katina, I'm glad to be here. I'm Andy. Will. Hey, Michael's mom, this is Jason. Can you send us a cake? She does it. <laughs> Hello, this is Amanda. This is Sandra. Right. All right, so we're thrilled to be back in Gentle and Lowly. So, Jason, kick it off. So, last week we ended saying we were going to try to do chapters two and three this week. And uh, chapter two was just so full of some great information. We didn't want to just gloss over that. And as we begin chapter two, Katina, it begins with a reminder of broken, wounded, and socially unacceptable people from Scripture. And all of those are people that Jesus touched. So let you start us off. Which of these moments in the life of Christ are particularly comforting to you and why? Well, in the Gospels, it tells us so many times of how Jesus just constantly was looking at someone either seeing that they needed to be healed or seeing that they um, needed to be fed because they had been there listening to him. Just the compassion and the love that he had and has for us today comforts me to know that no matter what in my life, no matter how little it might be to everybody else, it's big to me. He thinks it's important and he loves me that much that he's able to um, help me and comfort me and just to know that he is there to forgive me for whatever and he knows me how I am. So that's what comforts me. I love that picture of compassion and our folks that are listening will have had the opportunity to listen to Abby Farr give her testimony on the recording. So that released prior to this and she talked about just the compassion that she saw in the people of Guatemala 
the ministry, how they showed compassion going out, ministering to the communities, and I thought it tied in perfect. Um, she saw people loving one another, showing that compassion of Jesus, the ministry from um, all the folks she was working with. I thought it was a, a great tie-in with that. So, Amanda, one of the things that stood out, the quote on page 27 is, the dominant note left ringing in our ears after reading the Gospels is the way the Holy Son of God moves toward, touches, heals, embraces, and forgives those who least deserve it, yet truly deserve it. So I'd love to get your thoughts on this, more of a response to what we read rather than uh, a question directly from the book. But just think about that. What are some areas of life that Christ followers today might consider too broken for Jesus to touch or forgive? So what would you say? Yes. So this question for me um, brought a wide range of answers. Um, So I'll just uh, name a few. Um, First thought was disobedience. Um, There are times in our lives where we are living outside of the Lord's will. Um, Lack of faithfulness based on our circumstances. Um, There's times when we try to do things in our own power and not his power. Um, and brokenness in relationships, and um, which typically leads to a lack of forgiveness. So what would the rest of you observe? You guys heard that quote there. Why do we imagine God moves away from our brokenness rather than embracing us? Because that's the idea that Dean is giving us in that quote. So what would the rest of you say? Why do we imagine God moves away rather than embracing? I would, I would say... It's because of the, the world that we live in is a broken world. And right. we sometimes tend to blend into the brokenness of the world than we do the, the healing that Christ can offer to that brokenness. And so sometimes our focus has been misdirected. And so we think because we're in a broken world that God can't heal us. God doesn't love us because we're too far separated. I think there's uh, also a sense of his might, his holiness. And then when we see ourselves in truth, as just how broken we are right. and sinful we are. We don't feel worthy to be in the, in his presence. Mm-hmm. I think Dean Orland does a great job just inviting us to know his heart in action is the, the title for the chapter and seeing that invitation that he embraces forgives those who least deserve it, yet truly deserve it. So, Jason, you keep us going. So, the the very beginning of the chapter, Ortland says, what he is, he does. And he's really pointing us to this big word, compassion. And so, uh, Sandra, there's a passage of Scripture that, that Ortland shares, Matthew 14, 13-14. Can you read that passage of Scripture and specifically where it talks about compassion, what does this word mean to you and how do you see it demonstrated in and through Christ followers today? Sure. On verse 13, when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a multitude and was moved by compassion toward them, and he healed their sickness. To me, compassion means um, showing kindness um, to people that are hurting, 
that are in need. Um, I recently had uh, the opportunity to meet a 20 year old and he was, he had a place to live. Uh, he was not getting the food that he needed. He didn't have any type of support or any type of anyone to turn to. Um, we fed him at the church. Um, individuals also made meals for him and took to his house. And we were just there to comfort him and to bring him into the church so he could hear the word of God. I say to the rest of us, where do we see people showing compassion, showing the love of Jesus? And I'll say that this is something I struggled with over my years of ministry. Um, when I first went into the ministry, um, showing compassion um, means to have a little side of sympathy and empathy with people. Right. And a lot of time I would be like, you got yourself into this situation. Like you're going to have to pray and see if God can get you out of it. Um, but over my years, I, I've realized that um, if we are truly going to minister to others, we need to have the same heart as Christ mm -hmm. does and, and really truly see people the way that Christ do, does as well. That's where, like Miracle Hill, I'm so impressed with ministries like that, other ones that do ministry comparable to that. Here in Greenville and beyond, it's so easy to begin to get hardened and, and not have that empathy and compassion I'm amazed at the folks that serve in those ministries, sure. whether it's with you know, addiction or homeless or whatever it might be, they show that compassion. So it's not our default. Well, it was really neat to hear Sandra talk about how the church mm -hmm. rallied around this individual. And, and to your point, Will, I know a lot of times, particularly in the church, we put a lot of focus on programs over people. That's right. And so a lot of times in order to have compassion, there's got to be a relationship. Right. And and relationship and ministry. I mean, that's what that's what drove Jesus mm -hmm. was the relationships he had. Because time and time again we see where even when he withdrew from the crowd, there were opportunities of service, opportunities where he could show compassion. And so that's something that just stood out to me when you were talking, is the emphasis on people over programs. And I think that's important too because it's how you view the, the gathering of believers as well. Is the gathering of believers to serve me or am I to serve God? Right. Well, when Jesus you know, rushed to the difficult situations and uh, to the disasters, you know, and, and uh, you know, right now, you know, with the, the floods and all of those things that have gone on, we have disaster relief, mm -hmm. Southern, Southern Baptist disaster relief volunteers that are there and they're rushing to those difficult situations to be with the people mm -hmm. that are hurting at that time. Their ultimate goal is to share the gospel. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's to see that eternal change and to give them what they really need is the gospel and to That's give good. them Jesus. But in the immediate, they're trying to help them get the mud out of their house, get the trees <laughs> off their house, to do those things to help them. And just, we saw that with Jesus. He would heal, but then go and sin no more. He would heal. So Ray, I want to pull you in here from a quote on page 27. It says, time and again, it is the morally disgusting, the socially reviled, the inexcusable and undeserving who do not simply receive Christ's mercy, but to whom Christ most naturally gravitates. So when we take the Gospels as a whole and consider the big picture given to us of who Jesus is, what stands out the most? What would you say? 
Well, I think as, as the writer was saying, the biggest thing we all know is that Jesus fulfilled the prophecy. He said he's totally holy God and totally holy man. I mean, oh, totally man. He was a great teacher and a great physician. But the biggest thing, as, as the writer was saying, is he sought out and embraced those who didn't deserve it. And then just real quick, I mean, uh, I just did three examples real quick. The Roman officer. Uh, totally, I mean, as, as they're coming down the road, he says, I have a servant that's right. sick. And Jesus says, Okay. And he says, No, you don't have to come. Yeah. All you got to do is say, that's the word. That's right. oh, and, and, and he says, Your faith will be healed. And then the second one um, is the um, un, um, unclean woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, she did hemorrhaging. And all she says, all she want to do is touch the hem of his garment. And he looked again and said, your faith has healed you. I mean, and then the last one, it was a conversation between a mother and Jesus where she's Gentile and, and Jesus says, well, wait a minute, this is not right. I came to save the Jews. I didn't come to save Gentiles. And she said, well, even the dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he says, I'm not going to throw my <laughs> stuff for the dogs. He says, well, even the dogs eat under the table. Right. And he said, because of that, Statement, you're correct. He said, that's pretty good. So he, he, he healed right there, you know. So the, they didn't, they came wanting it. Yeah. They didn't deserve it. As they was also, didn't deserve it, but they wanted it. And uh, to finish um, in, in Psalms 50, I don't need your bulls. I don't need your sacrifice. What I want instead is your true things. Amen. That's good. So that ties in with what Amanda was talking about earlier, just God moving toward us. We don't deserve it. We're not worthy of it. And yet he moves toward us. Well, Michael, you know, the book talks about, you know, what about the harsher side of Jesus? Not just his compassionate side. What about the other side? J.I. Packer, um, I think he had a quote that said, a half truth masquerading as the whole truth becomes a complete untruth. And this is especially a sensitive point, specifically when we're talking about the Bible's revelation of Christ and who he is. And so in the book, Ortland talks about our tendency to be drawn to only part of the character of Jesus, drawn to his grace rather than to his justice. And so how would you, as we zero in on the affectionate heart of Christ, how do we ensure that we are growing in a healthy understanding of the whole counsel of God Mm -hmm. And how does that impact our view of the whole truth about who Jesus really is? I think we've all read a book or listened to a speaker and they're focusing on one aspect, one you know character uh, of God and begin to overemphasize that. So they're talking about God is love while ignoring God is holy. God is forgiving, but ignoring his call to deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me daily. So they they want to just focus on one aspect of who God is and and not see that, that key thing. I, I talk about it like it's the flop and drop method of Bible study. Just, you know, flop your Bible down wherever it drops open, put your finger on it. That's the word for the day. That's kind of dangerous. So you never know where in Lamentations it might land. So the key here, he's you know, urging us to be balanced. And this really ties in with what I talked about last week and that call to study scripture as a whole, the whole counsel, you know, what you said in your question, let's don't focus on just God is love. And you, 
you've heard that our culture would throw that, you know, how, how can you believe this? Cause God's loving and yet it's, you know, ignoring the fact that God calls us to walk in holiness. So a balanced approach here. And so it's hard in action. We don't want to just study this with this kind of a, an encouraging soft word. He's going to balance that with the holiness of who Christ is. So Andy, I want to pull you in. Glad you get to be here with us with your busy NGU schedule. <laughs> so Andy gets to be here. And the quote I want to pull in for you, Andy, is this. The cumulative testimony of the four Gospels is that when Jesus Christ sees the fallenness of the world all about him, his deepest impulse, his most natural instinct <clears throat> is to move toward that sin and suffering, not away from it. So when you consider that against the backdrop of the Old Testament, Jewish traditions... How does that context lead us to appreciate the power, the impact of his ministry on earth? Well, it, you know, if you read in the Old Testament, anybody who's read chronologically through the Bible, you know, when you get to Leviticus, you start early on, you start to think, oh, goodness, how fast can I get through this? <laughs> it's just horrific. It I mean, you know, you go through, if you just brush up against something unclean, you've got this long process of outward cleaning. But then, you know, as we know, you're defiled from things from the outside. That's easy to clean. The things that come from inside, the morally unclean, there was only one way to cleanse from that, and that was sacrifice. And that was something being sacrificed, the death of someone else, so the death of that sin. And so Jesus, knowing that he was the ultimate sacrifice, uh, was that cleansing for people. So as we run, as in the... Old Testament, you were to run away from uncleanness. You had to get away as fast as you could. You didn't even walk by something dead. Uh, then your next couple of weeks, you're just cleaning and you're sacrificing. Mm -hmm. I mean, your whole life has changed because you just walked by something dead. You think about the young lady who just wanted to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Mm -hmm. She had an understanding that there's life there. Right. Mm -hmm. There's change there. Yeah. And, and even foretold of this is the ultimate sacrifice. So Jesus, knowing that he was that sacrifice that could cleanse within, ran to the people. Yeah. Uh, so instead of running away from those that were unclean, the lepers, those that were filled with sin like us, he ran to them. Isn't that amazing? That's a good and word. he's the only one that yeah. could do it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And aren't we glad that Jesus does that? Because I think if we consider his perfection, a lot of times that's what pulls us away from Christ because he's perfect, we're not. And so we fall short and we recognize that. But then he also, he comes running to us. He meets us. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful picture of, you know, when Jesus walked on this earth, we'll kind of wrap in this chapter up. When he walked on the earth, he cleansed the unclean. Why? Because his heart refused to let him sleep in. Right. And we read in the book a quote by Thomas Goodwin that said, Christ is love covered over in flesh. Mm -hmm. And so as you consider that, and as you kind of bring this conversation to a close, how does the heart of Jesus, his love and his compassion, how does that compel the believer today to live, to walk, to serve, to love as Jesus did when he lived on earth? Well, I think that... Um just interacting with everybody's response they've had so far and the text in the book. Um, I think there's a story from outreach we just had at um, the YMCA and TR 
um, about a little girl. She actually got to talk to a young man um, who didn't know who Jesus was, had no idea who he was whatsoever, had no biblical background whatsoever. And she came up to me um, and was like, Pastor Will, I talked to this young man. And she actually said he kind of smells a little bit. And you could tell he doesn't have, uh, the, you know, the affluence that most of us have. He's not afforded a lot of things. Um, and immediately I was like, okay, like what happened? And she told me the story. And the first day we're there, he's not paying attention. He does not care what's going on whatsoever. The second day we're there, you'll see Missy's teaching the Bible verse and it's John three sixteen. He's like, he's starting to get a little bit of it. Well, the last day we're there, we teach the woman at the well. And it radically changed his view of who Jesus was. A man who knew no, no idea of who Jesus was whatsoever. And I think to answer the question, and I mentioned it earlier, seeing people like Jesus does. See, the woman at the well, the Samaritans didn't like her. The Jewish people didn't like her. Um, and the young man came up and told me, he said, Pastor Will, he was like, my friends don't like me. I don't even think my family likes me. He said, but I know if that Jesus can love that woman at the well, that Jesus can love me too. Mm-hmm. And I really think the idea of having a heart like Jesus and seeing people like, is that that young man would say the same thing about us as well. You know, I, I don't care, Pastor Will. I know he's a church and he drives, you know, a Jeep or whatever, and we're driving this or whatever, comparing ourselves. But that, that man loves me regardless of what situation that I am whatsoever. And, you know, Dane, Dane Orland puts it this way. He was like, a lot of times when we see people like that, we look at them like a slug and kind of slink back where Jesus pursued those people. And so I think, I think we need to pursue people like that, those who are hurting and dealing with stuff because they desire to have that among all things. Yeah. Awesome. Well, great job. Love hearing everyone's just insights, reflection on chapter two of Gentle and Lowly. So we'll pick up with chapter three next time. I appreciate our church family and friends listening to the podcast. If you're listening today and you're not gathering with us on Sundays or gathering in a local church, do that. We gather life groups at 9 a.m. Our worship service at 10, 15 a.m. We look forward to seeing you then.